Dave Drop. Squared Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and over 60 years of work experience, going on 70, I think. Wow. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. So what is the topic today, Mr. Kramer? We have our most popular guest returning, um, Tez Milan, who <laughs> you've known for years. I've known even longer. Uh, she's a uh, very accomplished singer. And she sang the national anthem at your Phoenix Suns when she was what, 12 years old? That's More impressive. Go it? Suns. Yeah. That's, and that's a tough song, right? Um, <laughs> Did you see the well, game last night? It was incredible. I, was it? I didn't see it, but I know the team is crushing it right now. Won it in the last second. It was incredible, but we'll move on. <laughs> uh, Ted's also sang at my wedding and has been a professional in musical theater is a professional recording artist, has sung with many people, but has her own albums out too, that where she wrote and produced them herself. So she is further up the, the path of creating than you and I are, Dave. Way so, up that path. Way up that path. <laughs> and she's got a couple new ventures where she's doing even more on herself. And I've, I've watched her evolution and her most recent things I don't see the team of professionals surrounding her. So I asked her to come talk to us about creating on a budget because we're all about saving money, right? So Tez, welcome back to the Dave Squared Podcast. Thank welcome. you for having me. It's it's great to be back. I think it's been, so, we've had Tez on before in 2020 was the last time. So it's been a while. Yeah, we've been through a lot since then. <laughs> yeah. All the COVID stuff has gone by and now you're back. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I have a lot more equipment now <laughs> since the last time we talked. <laughs> the first time you did it, I said, wow, you sound great. What microphone did you use? And, uh, my, I, 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 what was it? My AirPods that came with my phone? My yeah, it was phone. actually these, the same <laughs> set I have in my ears right now. But now I got a microphone. <laughs> Big old microphone. So mm -hmm. uh, thanks again for joining us. I uh, really appreciate it. It is... What, what year is it? It's 2022, March. Yeah. Um, we've all learned how to use Zoom a little bit, um, but that's not all there is to this. So tell me, tell, your latest thing is you've become a video blogger, vlogger. And yeah. I've watched the first several episodes of that. Thank you. Uh, very impressive. Thank you. But whereas the last video production I saw there was a producer and a recording engineer and somebody was playing the instruments. I couldn't figure out who, uh, but this, all I see is you and a microphone and a couple of cameras. Tell me, tell, tell us a little bit about the project. So it's called Filipina American creative, and it's my endeavor to discover my Philippine heritage. I grew up uh, in Mesa, Arizona, and there was not at the time that I was growing up there, a large Philippine community. And so um, my family did everything they could to assimilate and feel at home in their new home. Um, by the time I came around, they'd already been in the United States for about 10 years. So they had already become very Americanized. And uh, that left kind of a, a hole in my 
soul. <laughs> I didn't mean to rhyme that, but it really, it literally left like a hole in my soul where I was just like, there's this part of me that is calling that I need to discover more of. And so that's what this new endeavor is, is, you know, so many people on YouTube and who, you know, have podcasts and all that, they're authorities in their fields and, and in what it is that they're sharing. And I'm an authority by default because it's in my blood, but in terms of my knowledge and my experience, I have very little. And so the vlogging series is about me discovering uh, more about the Philippines and Filipino Americans here in the States as well as in the Philippines and then sharing that. So it's more about discovering and sharing as opposed to being like, this is what I know. So that's what that is. And I was like, well, it's so funny because like I actually woke up in the middle of the night. Uh, I think it was just before we turned into 2021. So it was 2020 December and I woke up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do a YouTube channel. And it's funny because like I was like not about I was I never watched YouTube. I you know, I know a lot of people who watch a lot of YouTube and I did it at the time. And for whatever reason, this thing caught me and, and I stayed up for several hours going, OK, what am I going to do? And, and I just knew it was going to be about my culture and my heritage. So then I jumped into learning, researching exactly what would go into creating the series. And that's it's now been a year. And I actually wanted to do it quicker. I was like, oh, by summer. So it was December and I was like, by June, I'll be filming and setting. And I was just, and then all the music stuff came out and I needed to get that out of, not out of my system, but I needed to do something to promote and share that. And then I was and in the background, I was still learning how to put together this YouTube series. I was hoping you'd talk to us about the nuts and bolts um, totally. specifically. So since you are, I'm sure inspiring other creators that you could use this to pass on to them. So talk to us yeah. like about gear. Yeah, it's, you know, okay. So I actually have learned everything that I am doing now from one person on YouTube and her name is Catherine Manning. She is the bomb. <laughs> if you want to know, seriously, if you want to learn like exactly how to put together a YouTube series or channel and how to film yourself, professionally as a small YouTuber, as a beginner, she just laid it out. And I, this is the reason why it took me so long is because I made it a goal for myself to watch her entire like series from the first episode that she started all the way to today, because she really goes through everything like equipment, lighting, how to be good on camera, analytics, um, how to title your YouTube videos, everything. I mean, everything, it was like a schooling. And so I literally have, I have my journal and I was like watching and it was like going to school. And so in terms of doing this on a budget, I have the fortune of having a day job. You know, we talked about this the last time I was on, on the air with you guys, which was about marketing. And that's my, that's my day gig. And it's still creative and it's still a passion of mine, but that enables me to have a budget to be able to invest in this new venture, which is at the moment not making in me any money, but that's the ultimate goal is for this to become something that I'm able to monetize and um, make a living off of, because this is ultimately what it is I wanna do. I just wanna do this, just do the, the YouTube thing. So, um, but it takes an investment and a lot of artists and a lot of creatives are unfortunately not in the position to invest, but that's the thing she also talks about is that you can start with just your iPhone. You don't have to have Mac daddy equipment. I, I wanted to start from, that's just a philosophy of mine. I wanted to start off really good and then build at from there, but you don't have to do all the things. Cause I bought microphones and camera and tripods and lights and ev I bought everything 
that I needed to feel confident moving forward and putting my best foot forward. And that was just a personal decision that I made. And in, a, in conjunction with the luxury that I have of having a day job to be able to support that. So you, you invest in a lot of equipment, but you could have just started with your iPhone. Then it sounds totally. like, gotcha. Totally. Yeah. And there's, and that's what most YouTubers do. You know, people are just moving around with their iPhone and they're just making, especially now that the iPhone has exponentially improved its I mean, that's why they're like always coming out with iPhone 13, iPhone 14. Cause it's just like, every time they're like improving the camera, improving the microphone, because they know that that's where everybody's headed. Yeah. There was a feature film that was put out, was entirely filmed on iPhone fives. So, I mean, they're really high quality for, well, what they are. It's, it's amazing what you have in your pocket, but, yes. uh, and I would expect, well, that's why I was surprised when you, you recorded your first, uh, podcast with us on, on, on your throwaway earbuds, well, which microphone did you end up with? Uh, this one right here. Yeah. Uh, this is, is the Shure MV seven, I think is the model number. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I have, I have We're a friend checking our microphones, right? I, know, I, microphones. Saw, <laughs> like, I, I don't even know, but no, I found this because, um, a friend of mine is a sound engineer and he's like, oh, for podcasts, this is the one that you're using. And then even my boyfriend's son, um, with his bar mitzvah money invested in this same microphone so um, he can like broadcast his video playing and sound Mac daddy. So it's, it's a great mic. I, if, I, I can hear, I love the short brand. Is that a, a USB mic or are you going yes. into a mixer? Okay. So it's no, I, I have it. Yeah. Cause I I've done the mixer thing. It's actually, especially if, cause I, initially I wanted to do concerts online, but that just got super complicated for that very reason is that I needed like a mixer. I have that, but uh, it's just, it's a lot to have like a mixer next to you and all the cables. And it's, it's just, it, it can be a lot. Okay. You're, basically, you're, just you're, a one you're using your show. computer, right? You're just using your computer then in that case. Yep. Mic cable right into the computer and it's, that's it. And then the earbuds connect to the microphone. So you pay a premium for the sure name. That's like a three or $400 microphone. Yeah. It's okay. yeah. It was exactly, it was like three seventy something. I think. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, it does. It's it, and I, and I, when I see, this is the direction I think I want to suggest this to you guys that you should go on camera and do YouTube because a lot of podcasters are doing that they record and they just upload their videos you know, without any fancy like cutaways or anything. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of um, podcasters are using the same mic. Huh. It does sound yeah. fabulous. Yeah, I, I have seen a lot of podcasters. My son enjoys golf and he'll watch golf videos on YouTube and the people that he watch will oftentimes do podcasts and just sitting around a table talking and people like watching it. Totally. Yeah, I would watch you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> a, a cure for insomnia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I'm interested in the in the creative side on your um, series. Did you lay out kind of your ideas for each episode beforehand, or did, was it kind of free flowing, or one episode led to another? It's kind of both right now. Um, that's something else that this gal Catherine talks about. She likes to content plan. She's a planner, a calendar that she sells. It's great. I mean, she really has like just cornered the whole, like how to monetize her thing. So I'm like learning that from her as well. But so she's got this Excel sheet that she sells that's already templated and you can like write down the titles and ideas that you have. And then you can check Mark off whether you've filmed them, edited them and, and all of that. So what I did um, over the last year is I wrote down all my ideas 
and then also spoke with some people and just got some more ideas. I'm actually, if you have any thoughts about ideas that I can, you know, for topics that I can film, I'm always open to that. It's so cool to hear what it is people are interested in learning about. So now I'm at the point where I have a whole list of ideas and I'm like, what do I film? <laughs> because it's like, you know, obviously it has to capture, you know, my interest in order to make it interesting for my viewers. But also it's just, it, it can sometimes be overwhelming. And then other ideas come from videos. Like I'm saying, like in one video, I'm like, oh, if you know of other, and then suddenly I'm like riffing as I'm like, you know, filming the, the video. And then I'm like, oh, that's a good idea too. So I'm writing that down. So then they start to build. And then I, as a creative, I need to kind of also flow intuitively. So even though I have the list and I've got stuff planned out, sometimes something will come in and I'm like, oh, like the last video I posted two videos before was about my 23andMe results. And that came to me literally that weekend before I filmed it. Cause I was like, I need to talk about like where I, like where my family actually comes from, like Spain and China and all of that. And I was like, oh, what better way to do that with, than with 23andMe. So I'm allowing things to kind of come up, but at the same time, I've got like a, a list. It's sort of like the structure that has like free flow, but there is still a structure. Otherwise I'd get overwhelmed and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. I think it's a good, that's a good tip. Kramer and I will keep a list of potential topics. And I find that sometimes when we do a podcast, some other idea comes up and we write it down and say, yeah. Hey, good future topic. So totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One yeah. thing we, I don't want to say struggle with, but I try and be conscious of is whether we are being timely or timeless, right? And some, some goals we, we, we want to be timeless and that uh, our grandkids can listen to this 20 years from now and get some good advice. Uh, but then I get distracted by the politics of the day and I want to, I want to express my opinion into the, into the atmosphere. Um, uh, do you have a philosophy along those lines? Is something you're trying to do with this project? Yeah, I, it's so interesting you mentioned that because I have the same feeling. I'm like, okay, even if this doesn't get monetized, knock on wood, because I really want it to to be successful in that way. But um, I'm like, oh, I would love for my grandkids, or you know, I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but like, I, I want like the next generations, like you know, your kids and and uh, you know, Tanya's you know daughter and all, you know, just are the, the next generation to come up and be like, oh, cool, there's a resource of somebody who's talking about something that was timely, you know, and uh, it's this blend, you know, I actually <clears throat> feel that to be, I know what you're saying, it's like you want to express your opinion and it's of this moment, but I think that even that will be timeless in the sense of, oh, that's what they were feeling and thinking that was the zeitgeist of that time and how has it, you know, evolved so it's sort of like a touch point. It's sort of like a historic document where people can go back and see, oh, okay, I understand. And how does that relate to today? So in a way that makes it timeless, but I understand how it's like, for example, one of the videos I did was about influencers and it's like those <laughs> influencers go like this, you know, it's like, they're super hot for like two days and then they're gone. But at the same time, it's like, it's a, it's a reference. So in a way I feel like that's kind of, you know, timeless, but I, I want it to be like, for me personally, I want it to be a mix. I want people to go, oh, that was really like hot at the time and it's not so much right now. But at the same time, I'm also thinking of topics. Like for example, I wanna talk about, um, you know, how the Spaniards ended up in the Philippines. I don't know, I feel like that's in a way kind of like evergreen material where it's like, okay, we'll always have that as a part of our history. So people will wanna know about that no matter what. Won't change. Yeah, it's history. It's already, yeah. you know, it's established, but uh, you know, and then, and then I kind of talk about how does that relate to, I don't know. It's like, then how do I tie that to things that are relevant for today? So then it captures people who are listening in this moment, you know? So it is, 
I don't feel very restricted to, oh, it needs to be a certain way. I just think it's going to be interesting no matter what. <laughs> At least that's, that's my hope, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We try and uh, keep our podcast to somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes and try and do it every other week uh, so yeah. that people can depend on it and they can yeah. listen it to it in the car on the way to work. Yep. Um, obviously yours is very different. Hopefully people aren't watching videos while they're driving to work. Um, and I, yours, you, you know, I, it probably, yours would probably actually work pretty well, just audio wise, uh, if you release that. it that way, but yeah. it's, it's pretty in, not intense, but there's a lot to the, to the video. Uh, tell me, tell us what yours is along those lines. Are you, uh, in terms of like whether it would be good for well, you're, just audio? It's a, it's a weekly podcast, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a weekly vlog. Yeah. On Fridays. At least for now, it's on Fridays. What time? Uh, it's So I release at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. So even with daylight savings, that's going to stay 12.30 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> so when I'm in Arizona, I'm like, I got to hustle because I, I just lost an hour. <laughs> But yeah, but I, I agree. It's the same thing. It's like, it has, it has to be time. Uh, people want to, they start to expect it, especially your fans. You know, they're like, oh, cool. Another one. And how long are your, do you shoot for them to be? Yeah. So I did a couple test videos. Those are fun. Those, those will be fun releases when I get interesting enough for people to go like, oh, where did she you know, come from? But I did a couple of test videos that were totally trash, <laughs> but they were for me to learn. And <laughs> the one that, okay, so I, I did two, but I sent one out to like my, you know, circle of trust, which was like seven people. And I was like, tell me what you think, feedback. You know, I gave them a Google survey, whatever. And it was 22 minutes long. <laughs> I, oh. At first I was like, I don't know, maybe that's like, you know, just long enough. Maybe it's not long enough. I don't know. I, I had no idea. So I sent it to them. And then I, I just had this gut feeling. I was like, I think that's going to be too long, especially out the gate, especially because I'm just a talking head. I'm just vomiting out a bunch of information. So, um, and especially on camera, because people are so used to seeing things happen. At least, you know, that's what would keep my interest going is if I saw a vlog where some, like I, and I hope to do that soon in this, on the channel, but to like walk around and show people stuff. And I did that on the first couple of episodes, but since then it's been like just talking head stuff. And, uh, and the feedback I got was, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, but it's a bit long. Maybe you could do a part one or part two, you know, part one and part two. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea too. Or I'll just shorten the thing. And then it puts a lot of, it takes off a lot of pressure. Cause it, one of my biggest concerns was like, am I going to have enough material? Is it going to be interesting enough to keep people's attention if I'm just blah, blahing the whole time. And then I noticed, I was like, okay, I need to, for example, I was like, oh, I need to talk about five people. Cause that's going to at least give me enough to fill six minutes, you know, because mm -hmm. I was just so afraid that I'd like ramble and then suddenly like I wouldn't have enough to fill up the time. But then the influencers video, I only got to talk about three people and I was already at like the 12 or 13 minute mark. And I was like, okay, good. Whew. Now I can just kind of gauge, you know, I'm learning as I go because I've only done seven episodes and I'm still learning, okay, how long is enough? How much should I film and all of that? But yeah, for my videos, I'm aiming for between eight. That's actually really short in my my from my gut feeling i'm aiming for 10 that's like my my kind of like goal is to do 10 minutes 22 minutes is how long a network sitcom was right so it's driven into our brains as small children how much content there should be half a sitcom right <laughs> no yeah. it's a whole sitcom with commercials yeah all oh, right 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 10 minutes would be half a sitcom so you're 
your uh, half a sitcom. Yeah. Um, you talked about you invested in some equipment. What about mm -hmm. software side? Is there any uh, software that you bought that you use that you recommend to viewers? Yeah, so I um, learned how to use Final Cut Pro. It, there's a learning curve, like it took me, uh, I edited my first music video and it was, it took forever because <laughs> I was like, I was like erasing stuff on accident, like having freak out, you know, like I was having panic attacks because I'm like, where did all my stuff go? And why isn't it editing? You know, why isn't it doing what I want it to do? But I keep it super simple. There's a, so much more with the program that I could do to like really up level my stuff. And I hope to be able to down the road, learn more of that. Um, but I invested in that. And then um, I also use Epidemic Sound because that's what Catherine Madden uses. So I, I bought into that because I also want to support her. I think she gets a kickback. She's mm -hmm. an affiliate um, of them. So I use them for my sound. So like all of the reactions, like I'll say something and sometimes there's like a, or there's a ooh, you know, and I like <laughs> downloaded those sounds. And I'm like constantly looking through their library for funny sounds like that, that I just kind of add in the background for whenever I say something ridiculous. Uh, so I do that. I feel like there's, oh, and I use Canva for all of my graphics. It's so, I love Canva. It's so easy to use. I would love to be an affiliate of theirs because I would just like tell everybody. I'm, I mean, they're, they're already so well known um, because they're so user-friendly and they've got really great tools in there that make it really easy to, to, make, to look good. So I think those are the, the major ones that I use for, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think so. Yeah, I think those so are the three. So all in, if I, would you mind asking like, how much do you think you invested to software side, hardware side, <laughs> or maybe you could say, yeah. how much do you think the average user would have to invest to oh, good kind Lord. of get where they need to be? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, the reason I'm laughing is because I, I'll tell you, I don't have a problem saying how much it is, but the reason I'm laughing is because I really should write down a list and add it all up together. Cause I'm cu I'm curious myself. And also I just want to have a, an idea of my ROI. Like I really want to see how long it takes me to like make my money back <laughs> if that ever happens. <laughs> so I will do that. That's actually on the, on the plant. So thank you for, for asking that question. So I can put that as a priority, but so one thing that was a big expense of mine that I um, I really wanted for this is uh, I bought a new MacBook Pro. Oh my God, that was so painful because it was so expensive. <laughs> I'm like, why does a computer have to cost so much? But I knew that that was long-term thinking. I was like, if I want this again, like investing in all the cameras and microphones and everything, I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I really need to go for broke. So- Or try to work there. Say again. Go for broke. That's a, yeah, go for, I know. I'll go go for broke or go broke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to say that I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't recommend this for everybody. This again, this was just a decision I made. I, like even Catherine Manning talks about this in in a video of hers, like several years into her whole YouTube thing. She was like, I in she's like I I invested and I it stressed me out because I spent more than I was earning at the time. And she's like, I don't recommend that for for beginners. So my choice is, I think, unique and takes a lot of guts. And I'm not saying that not everybody, I, I think there's a lot of people that have that and will can handle that kind of pressure. Cause obviously I'm kind of in the red, right? I'm not kind of, I am in the red right now when it comes to my, my YouTube stuff with the hopes that it flips to, you know, not being in the red. But um, I'll just tell you this is that, and this is also in combination with my music stuff because, so it's, it's not an accurate number. But um, I was buying a bunch of equipment all at the same time because I was launching all of my, my new 
albums and trying to promote that and doing concerts and stuff. So there was like a lot of equipment like microphones and stuff that have to do with that too. But sorry, to answer your question, I took out $10,000 out of my savings to invest in MacBook Pro, new camera, microphones, everything that I listed before. Um, and MacBook uh, Pro is your, is your computer though. So I, I would think uh, you're going to have that regardless to do work, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm trying to, I have separation of church and state because I had a MacBook Air. I still yeah. have it actually. And I keep all of my work on there because otherwise it's like my bedroom. I don't want to like have my office and my gym and my bed all in the same room. I want to keep them separate so I can really focus on what it is that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so the MacBook Pro at this point is just for that, just oh, for okay. the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Did you have to buy any other hardware for video editing with like, you know, wheels and stuff? Like you see in a, no, you just use a mouse. Oh yeah. I just use my mouse. Cause okay. again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, sophisticated editor, videographer. I'm really like any YouTube influencer. Who's like, I just want to be famous. And like, you know, sets up their iPhone and then they're just going <laughs> like, I, I obviously did a different version of that, but like, that's, I'm, I'm not looking at it to become like video editor of the year. I just want to do a good job with what I'm doing. And so I'm just using the, the basic the basics that I need to feel like I'm doing enough of a good job to be like, okay, I can put my, my thumbprint on this and say it's mine. So after years of practice, I can uh, edit a 20 minute podcast in less than an hour. Yeah. Uh, had to invest in some high dollar things like soft coasters for Dave's coffee cup. Cause I had to edit all those <laughs> clinks out. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but video is much more complex, much bigger files, much, it seems like much more work. I've, I've done some like trimming of videos for other projects and uh, I have a re- reasonably good computer and it gets overwhelmed by the size of things. How long does it take you to edit after having a couple, I mean, you're, I know you're still, you're still on the learning curve somewhere, but you're not on the steepest part yet. How, how fast can you do it? A eight to 12 minute video. Another great question. Um, and this is something else that I also want to track. I actually have written down all the hours that I've um, needed for each video. I have a little calendar book that I've just been doing that for fun to just see how lo- how much of my life I'm investing in this as well as like monetarily. <laughs> it's a lot. And uh, when I was watching Catherine, she's like, oh, I'm on day three of editing this her videos are actually a bit longer. Hers are like between 16 and 20 minutes. And so she'll go several days. I go several days too, because I can't just sit for 20 hours and do, you know, one video. I'll break it up, but I will sit there for five hours sometimes per day. And then I'll do that over three days. So it does take me, I I mean, honestly, yeah, if it takes you an hour to do a 20 minute um, audio file, I think for video, because I'm adding, I'm not just cutting all of the video. I'm also adding the graphics, adding the sound effects, looking for all this stuff, you know, and I'm starting to kind of systematize like my intros, all this, you know, intro, outro is always the same. So I save time on that. Um, the last video I just uploaded, it was the shortest amount of time that I needed. And that took me, uh, still like two, three days. Cause then I'm, cause it's not only the video, then it's uploading, it's writing the description. Cause I want to get found by search you know, then it's doing the thumbnail. So there's a lot of like steps to putting up a video and yeah, I'm, I can't tell you exactly how many, cause I haven't counted, but it, I'm, I go from, I just plan that I'm going to be working on the video Monday 
through the Friday morning when, just before I upload it. And it's not consistent because I've got my day job. So I've got my work in between there too. But like I'm doing chunks of hours on each of those days. So yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. It is a lot of yeah. work. Yeah. It sounds like you've got something like 15 to 20 hours post-production. At least. <laughs> <laughs> At maybe, least. maybe we should cut this out so we don't scare people away. No, I mean, it's no, but it's, it's a great thing to know that that's another thing too, is that you just have to know what you're getting into. And I think that's why a lot of people kind of give up because it's just so much. And I'm just like, when I first started the first like two or three episodes, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be my life. <laughs> cause I, cause I want to do this for, you know, the long term, And I'm like, this is going to become my life. And, and I have to do digital detoxes now. So what that means is every week I have at least one day, a full 24, not 24 hours. It's from, from when I go to bed the night before until the morning of, you know, okay. Then the night and before I go to bed, I shut off my phone the whole next day. I don't turn on my phone. Then the next morning I finally turn it on. And then I I'm back on online because I have to rest my eyeballs, rest my ears, rest my soul. <laughs> Cause mm. it's a lot. Your videos are pretty polished though. Right. So would you, you. Uh, users could, if they wanted to do it with a little less polish, you totally. think? Totally. And still be really impactful. It's again, it's just a choice that I made because I, I actually had to kind of go from being ultra polished. Like I, I talked a lot about this with my girlfriends, um, who are, who are creatives as well. It's like, they, they've given me feedback. They're like, Tez, you're so polished that you feel unreachable. And that's so trendy now is just to show it all. It's like, people are burping and farting and you know, crying and like <laughs> doing everything online now because it makes them superhuman. Cause I feel like this is the way we're going to start. Th this is just how I feel about it. I think we're going to all kind of eventually end up all online with avatars and all of that. Mm -hmm. that, that should be another podcast episode about all of that. But um, yeah. So I just, I, yeah, you don't have to be super like, hi, uh, you know, it's, if you just want to film it, not edit, upload it. I think there are lots of people that are really successful in just doing that. Yeah, I've noticed some of those, uh, my son watches a bit of YouTube TV. And so I, I yeah. see the, I see the trend, especially with young people. And yeah. like I said, he's into golf and he'll watch these guys who play golf. They'll videotape them playing golf and they do a little bit of editing, but not a huge amount. And then they'll do a podcast and it's just basically they'll start the camera and they'll talk and they'll cut it off at the end. There's not a huge amount of post-production that they put into it. Yeah. I envy that. I'm so jealous of that. I would, I look forward to getting to a point where everything that I produce is just so like where I'm seamless. Cause again, I'm still learning. So there's a lot of, uh, and, mm, and like, you know, mess ups that I'm doing. And I just hope to get like super kind of just streamlined in my own presentation that I can do that. I, I mean, even doing these podcasts, it's so, it's so much easier to flow that way as opposed to like, how do I say this, you know, which is right. where I'm at. That's just, again, where I'm personally at. And so that's why I have to cut out a lot of stuff, a lot of fat that I don't want to have to make people suffer through. <laughs> what about the content side? So you did some historical perspective of, you know, the Philippines, and the Spanish, how much time do you spend getting ready in the content? Um, yeah, that's a, another great question because I did a lot of research last year, like towards the end of last year, prepping for when I would start filming. And so now I'm kind of running out of those, <laughs> those episodes that I researched. And now I'm actually starting to panic about what that's going to be like. I don't know yet because, um, actually I think I'm going to start going into it like this week and next week where I'm like having to research in addition to the filming and the editing. So 
I'm going to try to aim for about one to two hours to just research and just really knock it out. But, you know, I've actually spent last year, I found myself spending three, four, five hours just researching one topic because it got so interesting for me. A lot of times I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that was that. And then I'm like, you know, diving even deeper in. And so I, but I have to cap it. Otherwise I'll just run out of time. And that's bizarre for me because I'm like, <laughs> how is it that I just ran out of all of this time? But yeah, you know, when you're when you're trying to do so much on your own, it's like it, you, the time just flies. Yeah, yeah. But you can do uh, each island in the Philippines, and that'll give you content for. Dude, that that is coming. Three thousand episodes. <laughs> Seriously, that is coming. I actually I envision that too is like being able to go out to the Philippines and sharing and filming and capturing just real like um, you know, in real life type stuff that that's exciting to me. Yeah. It's coming. <laughs> you guys what? should come along. <laughs> <laughs> we'll blend right in. Um, one thing that, uh, surprising. So hosting fees, right? YouTube stores all your videos for free, right? Yes. There's no charge, which is interesting. Correct. Yes. Cause you can't do that with podcasts. We, we pay huge fees to really? host our stuff well it's over it's over ten dollars a month <laughs> <laughs> it's still something though i know i i get it i get it that's yeah but it's amazing what youtube does do for free i do have some videos uh, and they have built-in editing tools which work pretty well with like i said giant files what i've taken to when i have to edit um video i upload yeah. it to to youtube and then and then edit it with their built-in tools and then share it from there and yeah. it's all free. I now know people have pictures of my kid playing the violin in case they want to steal that. But um, it, it it's amazing what's in the system there. Yes. And I think they do that intentionally because they want as much content as possible mm -hmm. so that if something catches, then they can, you know, send a bunch of viewers to that and then say to their advertisers, hey, look at this new person who's doing all this stuff about the Philippines, your Philippine Airlines give us a million dollars for advertising and you know so it's like the more it's like they're casting such a wide net that the you know whatever people want to upload they can upload and if it gets to be the next hottest thing then it's more money in their pocket i think that's the reason why they they'd make that available that's my that, theory that's true and it, and it seems like because you're you're also you've done uh music performances right if you yeah. sang a cover of that's anything but a Neil Young soon, but um, they would figure that out and ask you to take it down or arrange to charge you for the licensing, right? Yeah, that gets a bit um, complicated in terms of like who gets paid for that. Uh, because I think that there's like some sort of like electronic tag where if you use, if you use the actual recording of somebody else's recording, you get dinged automatically. They've got some sort of crawler that goes in and sees, okay, you're using somebody else's sound. And that is so protected for whatever reason that, uh, for whatever reason, for, for rightful reasons, but that's very protected. And so um, that gets tagged and then either you have to take it down if it's like really infringing on that person's copyright or the person who owns it gets the money. Like, so whatever monetization that you would get actually goes straight to the person who owns that. I that think it's great, right. honestly, because it's hard oh, to yeah. get money to the creators. and Totally. Because um, people would be stealing stuff left and right if they didn't have that. 
you know, it's, and, and that's actually it. I, I'm glad that you brought this up because that's a, oh, there's a sort of fine line with even what I'm doing because I use other people's um, YouTube videos, but I always make sure to say who it is and all of that. But there's this kind of, I don't want to say it's a loophole because it's an actual like law, but there's a copyright law that allows you to use other people's material if it's for educational purposes, uh, news, commentary. And so that's where I feel like I'm in kind of a gray safe area because I'm not like, this is mine, but it's actually somebody else's. It's me saying this belongs to this person. I'm using it as reference for what it is I'm trying to share with you. And so that's kind of where it gets a bit gray. But I was told that as soon as you use music in particular, that's where it's like, you can't even go there and have it be, um, I think it's called the fair use copyright where you're able to reference other people's material. Music is like off limits. They just go straight to, no, you don't own this. And no matter how you're using it and we got to just either ding you and you got to take it down or we'll just give the money to the person who owns it. So we talked about your, your equipment and software. Are there any other like fees that you have to pay to make this a reality? Yes. <laughs> um, so I send an e like, and it's all ancillary stuff, right? It's, so it's not YouTube particular in particular, but unless I wanted to do advertising, then I'd be paying YouTube, but we'll see if I ever go down that route. Hopefully I won't have to, but um, for example, for Canva to use their pro, you know, platform, I have to pay a, an annual fee. I think it's like a little over a hundred dollars or something. Um, uh, for my email that I send out every week to let people know I pay like $20 to MailChimp every month. And then, uh, I don't know if there's any other monthly things. If I were to use like Photoshop, which I need to learn, I'll, I'd be paying, I, I am paying for that right now. I still have to learn how to use it. So it's, I'm actually, you know, using the money I'm investing for that. I'm just trying to think if there's any other, um, subscriptions that I have. I don't think so. Oh, epidemic. Yeah. I pay like $20 to that every month. What's and epidemic do? Oh, it's that that's the sound where I find all of my like sounds. Oh, okay. So, Some yeah. of the software is subscription model based, like it's a service. So you pay a fee, uh, recurring fee. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. So to monetize this. I mean, theoretically on YouTube, right? If you just became super popular, they would throw ads on your stuff, right? And share the money with you. Yes. That's, uh, Currently, currently, hopefully it stays that way because uh, I'm working towards it. Because you, you don't automatically just get money for, for uploading. You have to kind of reach a certain criterion, which is a thousand subscribers. So please subscribe. <laughs> I need it. I'm only at 163. It's like I'm really just beginning. And I, you know, so I've got a long, steep climb to get to a capitulation point. But you have to reach a certain threshold. So you've got to do a thousand subscribers and then 4,000 watch hours. So enough people watching. And that's within a, a year, a calendar year that you have to have those 4,000 watch hours. Um, and, uh, and so they actually are already throwing ads on my, my videos, even though I'm not um, being monetized yet, but they're throwing them at the beginning and I think at the end. But if I get monetized and reach that threshold, then I, I can choose to put ads in the middle of my video then that people will have to skip. So anytime you get a video that has an ad in the middle of it, they're being monetized and you can skip through it. You can watch the whole thing. My sister, for example, does a lot of, she watches a lot of YouTube. And so to support the person that she's watching, she'll actually just let the ad run and she'll go, I don't know, make food or go to the bathroom or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, monetization, it's a, it's a thing and it's something you have to work towards. But once you get there, then it's like you, 
and and that's the thing too is that your topic and then where your viewers are that will also determine how much you make so the girl that i watched catherine she's like making buku bucks because she's telling people how to make youtube videos which helps youtube because mm -hmm. then the more people you know because people are searching for it they're like how do i get on youtube and make a bunch of money and so they're like you know watching her like i did and then you know so they're like putting her in front of everybody they're helping you know and whenever whenever somebody searches for how to make a youtube channel they're, they're putting her at the top you know so she's making a lot but like i don't know when i got monetized like i may have the same amount of like views and the same amount of ads but i may make more because they find people who are watching me are more valuable and ad advertisers are like oh we want to have the kind of you know people who are watching tez's video we want to reach out to them so you know it's or i could be making less you know it just all the it all depends. There's some weird algorithm computer figuring all of that out. Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I assumed that once you got ads added to your stuff that you were automatically monetized. If Do I had you... done this 10 years ago, yeah. <laughs> if I had started <laughs> when, you know, all of the, I could have started being monetized right at the gate, but you know, they, they know that people are now trying to make a lot of money. So they're making it harder. Huh. Do, so. you, do you have any editorial control if Philip Morris and the uh, Remington wanted to put ads on your at the tail end of your you'd have to allow that since Google said it was okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, she says mm -hmm. that too. Yeah, because that's something she's like, you can't determine what kind of ad I mean, in terms of like the subject matter it that's I think it would generally appeal yeah. to your listeners, though, probably right, it would yes. probably they target listeners, right? Here's an interesting thing. Yes, because I just this last video that I launched on fr this past Friday, for the first time I did, I had my dad translate my description into Tagalog because I don't speak Tagalog. So what I did is I ran it through Google Translate, which then ends up sounding like really funky and weird and not like, you know, normal language. So then I had my dad look at it and then he sent it back to me. I uploaded it and suddenly I'm getting Filipino based ads <laughs> playing oh. before my video, which is actually a good thing because I want to have, you know, also people from the Philippines going, who is this chick who's talking about us and what's the American perspective? Cause I, I've, I've met a few people who are natives of the Philippines and they're always super, at least the, the few people that I've met were like, wow, you actually want to know about our, you know, your own culture. That's really cool. So I'm hoping to also gain like some sort of audience out there who are curious to see what it is that, you know, Phil Ams are, are saying about them. You should uh, translate into Russian so you can get some of that sweet oligarch money. <laughs> I don't know if I want to support that. But. <laughs> Ads for super yachts. And... Yeah. <laughs> it would be it actually that would be a really interesting like test to see if that happens because I've always you know people are like oh you know your phones are listening because like suddenly you're getting ads about things that you're talking about. It would be interesting to see if that actually happens. I'll do some like random language and see if like another ad that's related to that will pop up. Get to a new language each week to see what happens. Yeah. 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 Going to Farsi, pick up some uh, Beverly Hills Housewives. Yes. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. what else can you tell us? What did we forget to ask you as amateur interviewers? Oh, man. No, this is this is really great. Um, uh, it Yeah, it's a it's a long and hard road. <laughs> You know, this is not for everybody. It is, you know, it's, it's, if you want to try it out and you're curious, like definitely go for it. But like, it's not, once you start to really get through 
if you really want to, for example, get to the point of being monetized and being popular, unless you just hit some weird random trend, you know, and, and you get lucky and you win the lottery and suddenly you're like the next hottest thing on YouTube, it's a, I don't expect to be that, you know, like I know it's going to take a lot of hard work, like any new business, like a lot of people think it's so easy and it is, but it's not, <laughs> it's easy to start, but it's difficult to keep going. So I think that's the one thing that a lot of people who are trying to do this kind of thing, it's like, you know, for example, for you guys, you know, you've just stayed the course and you're doing your thing and you're gaining, you know, listeners and that's what it's about, you know, it's, and doing what you can to let people know that you exist. That's, that's, I think the toughest part about it. Oh yeah. We're, we're going to retire any minute on this uh, podcast money. <laughs> oh, <including> Monday. <laughs> well, quick, tell us what camera you're using now. Yes. Uh, so I'm using the Canon M50. Again, M a recommendation from that gal. Canon and it's, it's M50. great. Okay. Mm -hmm. gotcha. Yeah. And it's not cheap. It's like, I think 600, $700. Yeah. And then you can get like a, a wide angle lens for vlogging. Like I use the regular lens that it came with for when I'm just sitting stationary, but when I go out and start to do more of the, you know, typical looking vlogs where I'm like, here's how I'm going to make this dish. And, you know, I'm meeting this person. That's when I'll use that extra lens. And that also costs like, I forget, like at least a hundred dollars or something. So I think I spent like almost a thousand on my camera alone. Canon's a high quality name though. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 We'll have to, you'll have to do the math, figure out how long it'll take you to get to minimum wage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And I've got goals and stuff and I'm trying to, you know, get there, but it's, it's taking, it always, they always say it takes not they like just in general, like any new venture always takes longer and costs more than you expect it to. So no, well, no dreaming here. I'm like, this is reality. <laughs> this is the hard reality of it. And it's still fun. It's still living the dream, which yeah. people think, oh, the dream is so easy. And it's, it's not. The dream is not easy cakes. It's like, it is once you're on the other side of it and sharing it with people, then everybody's like, oh, look how easy that was. And it's like, no, I've been doing this for 10 years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so Kramer, I have an idea for a podcast. We'll have to check back maybe in a year and see how it's going. Yeah. That I hope, hopefully it's going, yeah. <laughs> you know, and if it's not, then that, you know, that'll be part of the story. And I'd love to share that with you guys. I would love that. It's, it's so much fun talking with y'all. So. Yeah. I think you have to like creating, right. Recreation as creation. Right. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you have to like practicing basketball. You can't just like winning basketball games or it's not going to work out. Right. Totally. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you for your time and uh, your efforts and sharing with us. Uh, Dave, always good to see you. And um, we will talk to you in a year if you can still fit us into your busy schedule once you're famous or. Absolutely. I'll have you guys come out to the Philippines. I'll be like, get on the jet. We're going to do our, <laughs> our episode. I'd be up Let's for that this. for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Bye now. Bye.